Thank you for being on All Things for Jet today, Carly. Yay. Thank you for having me. And I wanted to chop it up with you about Jingle Jangle, the Netflix original. Yes, let's get into it. Let's just... What was your first thoughts? Okay, so let's take it back to when they first did like the little preview, right? What was okay. your first thought about Jingle Jangle? Honestly, I wasn't enthused <laughs> because I'm thinking, okay, it looks like a musical. Um, right. Um, and I'm, I'm just not like big into festive themed movies like that because mm-hmm. I guess they come off you know sometimes it can be a, like really really cliche to where it's corny so mm-hmm. that was probably my initial thoughts was man it's gonna be a musical and it's probably gonna be a corny Christmas mu- movie um, but at the same time I was like oh but the cast you know is it seems like an all-black cast which is right that's not normal you know like that's a little unusual especially like a big Christmas production um, so that was probably the one thing that was keeping me interested was the cast. I totally agree with you. Um, I'm the same way with not being extremely festive on holidays or whatever. And I do feel like a lot of holiday movies can come off like really cliche mm-hmm. and like cookie cutter. So I'm kind of like bored and then I'm not one for musicals per se anyway. So that wasn't, um, that didn't do any favors for the preview when I first saw it with them singing. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you a holiday movie and you singing, which I guess it should be expected with holiday movies. But, Yo, um, <laughs> we sound like the Grinch, RJ, like like Uncle Scrooge or something. Oh, they come here all the time. I'm like, I'm not. I, it's, just, it, it's just what it is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that but I get it like don't get me wrong I love I love the sense of feelings that come with the holidays Mm -hmm. this is just what it is when it comes to those times of the year where it's just our annual reminder Mm -hmm. hey don't forget about the spirit of giving or don't forget about the spirit of um, love or connection and you know right so Getting into Jingle Jangle, with you being a mother, did you watch the movie with your daughter, with Avery? Okay, RJ, that's a good question, because let me tell you how this went. I was actually waiting to watch the movie with Avery, and I was just like, you know, we're going to watch Christmas movies together, um, you know, because it's that time of the year or whatever. So mm-hmm. she she went for Thanksgiving. She went to her dad's and she watched Jingle Jangle while she was at her dad's because when she came back, I was like, okay, hey, you want to watch Jingle Jangle? She's like, I already watched it. And I'm huh? thinking like, wait, I was waiting <laughs> on you to watch it. So, but she was like, but I'll watch it again. And I kind of was like, I don't want to watch it now because that was uh, the whole point. You being one of those haters, one of those people. Oh, you already seen it. I don't want to watch it with you. Yeah, I mean, the whole point was to, it was a family thing, you know? Like, we just watch it together. But basically, she was like, no, I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. And I was like, are you really on watching? She was like, yeah, I want to watch it again. So she seemed enthused to watch it again. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch it because I wouldn't mind watching it. So we get to watching it. She disappears probably like 20 minutes 
into the movie. And then uh-uh. she's just gone, <laughs> like, most of the movie. Like, she's in her room. And I'm like, Avery, I thought we were going to watch this together. And she's like, but I didn't, I already watched it. And I'm just like, but wait, oh. I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, she just flipped the whole script on me. But, like, I didn't mind watching it by myself, RJ, because I was like, yo, this is good. This is really good. That is too funny. <laughs> so let me ask you after you finish watching it by yourself in this entirety <laughs> did you then go and have a conversation with Avery and find out what she thought about the movie um I think we were I was like yelling to her in the room like when stuff would happen in the movie I was, mm-hmm. I was like Avery oh my gosh Avery this happened <laughs> can you believe that Avery you know <laughs> So we having commentary while the movie's going, basically. Mm. And after the movie, like we probably talked a little bit. If I'm trying, to, if I remember correctly, we talked a little bit about it. Like in yeah, just talking about what I liked about the movie and what she liked about it. But a lot of it was happening during the movie. We were talking during. The, if yes, RJ, if you don't like people talking during movies. Yeah. <laughs> What? How did Avery feel about the movie? What What did she say? She liked it. Avery, RJ's asking you, how did you like Jingle Jangle? What did you think about it? Funny, sad, and mad. <laughs> what did you like most about the movie? The slaps. The slaps. When the um, when the little um, that little puppet was slapping. The um. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we all talk about him. He was something else. Yeah, she. So you like the comedy? You like the um? <laughs> what was his name? Uh, I can't. Don Juan Diego. <laughs> so you like Diego? <laughs> yeah, she laughing. She liked him. Yeah, she. We were laughing about his little slaps every time he yeah. put all his little might in those little slaps. <laughs> he was off the chain. So let me ask. Um, did Avery, how did Avery connect with um, Journey, you know, the little girl in the movie? Did she feel like she was relatable? Did you feel like you connected with Journey? The little girl who was, the, no. well, the main little girl? No. You feel like you connected with her? No. You feel like you connected with anybody? No. Okay. She said no. Nobody, RJ. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So she liked the slap. She liked the comedy. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That was, okay. we rewinded that part a couple times. Okay, cool. Got it. Um, so let's talk about, let me ask you. Okay, bye. How the, oh. <laughs> oh, would you want to ask her some more questions, RJ? Um, I don't think so. Is there, I mean, is there anybody that she would want to elaborate on besides uh, yeah. Diego with the slaps? Avery, was there any <laughs> other character that um, stood out to you that you really liked? No. Anybody that you would have thought you would like to get to know a little better? Yeah, my child said no, RJ. She's just okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she just doesn't I don't know how she watches movies. So, uh, okay, cool. So, let me ask you. Um, 
Did you feel like the characters were relatable? Yeah. I think each character had something about them where it was just like, like, okay, I felt that way before. Like even um even the guy who stole like even his character like I could say that okay I sh- I've shared those feelings you know I can ex- I can relate to the feeling of you know feeling like you've fallen by the wayside because what what like he was influenced because he felt like he was mm-hmm. he was going unnoticed you know mm-hmm. so it's just okay yeah I I know what that feels like and he just decided to take a different path with like even um the woman mrs johnson even her Mm -hmm. her over the top just expression like i could i could see like she was intense basically and (laughs) yeah i can i i I share that same intensity like you know when you like something you like something i felt like all of the characters were really relatable Mm -hmm. And for me, that was one of the saving graces for the movie for me, because it is a musical and I don't usually really watch musicals, but I felt really, I don't want to say, I didn't feel attached to the characters, but I understood where each of them were coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Gustafsson, <laughs> um, who like you said, he felt like he was kind of being pushed to the wayside and he felt like he wasn't going anywhere. You know, Mm -hmm. he felt really stagnant with his invention and he was wanting something to happen quickly. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be noticed by his, um, by his senpai. He wanted to be noticed by, you know, the leader. And since he wasn't getting that, you know, he kind of went, off the deep end a little bit. He he kind of went where he shouldn't have gone and became a villain. But like you said, that is really relatable. You know, sometimes people feel like they hit a brick wall and they're kind of rustling and wanting something else to happen quickly. Right, right, right. Like he definitely like he 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 took like yo, that was the one thing uh RJ I was telling Avery, like he listened to a mm-hmm. he was so desperate, you know what I'm saying? He was feeling so oh. so alone in this that he took advice from a doll. It was just like he yo. took advice from a doll. <laughs> a doll who had been living all of 10 minutes. <laughs> I said the same thing. And you know, um Diego or Don Juan. Diego, yeah. the whole name of the doll, but Diego was voiced by Ricky I Martin. I saw that. And I would have never guessed that. That made me really happy, actually. I was like, yo, I miss it, Ricky Martin. Yo, I would have never guessed Ricky Martin when I saw that. I was like, what? That was Ricky Martin? What? Yes. He did good. He did a great job. I'm not going to lie. I instantly fell in love with that doll as soon as it came to life because he just had so much life and vibrance and passion. You know, I was like, okay, he's a little firecracker, legit. He was all kind of problems. And you said all kind of problems, but no, I feel you. Like, he just had, uh, like, like he had just came to life. He just had a zest for life and he was so selfish about it, too. Just so vain. He did. He did. The moment he came to life, he was like, oh, now it's your pleasure of meeting me. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
Oh, man. Dude, arrogant off top. And then his whole MO for getting into um this Gustavo in here was because he wanted to remain the only one. Right. Because Jeronicus was going to mass produce him. And he's like, oh, no, it cannot be any others. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, yo, he he had agreed for only wanting to be in the only one. Mm-hmm. Right. He was really. Really arrogant, real self self absorbed. So he's like, "Oh no, it can be no other Diegos. I'm a one of a kind." And then you have him influencing Gustafa, which this, like you said, this toy has only been alive for all of ten minutes. <laughs> so you're so desperate, you can listen to a damn toy, and that's what I was saying too. But Ricky Martin was absolutely hilarious. He was slapping him. He was talking to him all kinds of sideways, Girl. and he was taking it. The the slap, RJ, the slap. He jumped. Oh my gosh! Me and Avery rewinded the first slap. We were rounded that at least like five times, cause he jumped. You know how, how he had the little stairs, the uh, the, yeah. the staircase. He jumped mm-hmm. from the entrance of the staircase all the way to the little the balcony area just to slap him. Like he jumped yeah. a, a, a distance just to slap him and his little. He threw everything into it. He did. He said, oh. <laughs> "It was so." Funny. Diego's mouth. Say it again. He was reckless. Said Diego, his mouth. He was real reckless. He was. he was talking to him crazy. Yo, and he was listening to that little that little dog. And he was listening. But people, this the part that took me out though. When it came to him needing to come up with another invention. Mm-hmm. What? Well, wait. Before I say anything, what was your thoughts when he was like, "Okay, he's talking to Diego, and he's like, oh, you know, need to come up with an invention with with another invention this year." What was your first thoughts? So you know, hold on, but wait. <laughs> okay, so Gustafson, mm-hmm. right? Soon as let me tell you what's so funny. Soon as, cause okay, so when they showed the adult version of Gustafson. He had on the top hat, and you could see like the bald mm-hmm. head. Why did I instantly know it was Keegan Michael? <laughs> Something told me it was him. Because for me, I mean, they did a great job with casting, mm-hmm. by the way. Because, I mean, and it's so bad because I know he's not like the only bald headed actor, but for some reason, as soon as I saw that head, I automatically thought about him. But then I also thought the role fit him really well because he's known for doing mm-hmm. comedy and other like silly, silly um parts mm-hmm. you know and so I was like okay I think this was like pretty up his alley but as soon as I seen that bald head and that top hat I automatically thought it was him and when he turned around I just bust out laughing see, I- and I was like <laughs> no I was just trying to see like like I saw that he was gonna be in a movie, but I was wondering, yeah, when does he come in and who does he come in mm-hmm. as? Like what what yeah, what was his character in this? Because yeah, to see him cast it, it I was just like, because I'm so used to seeing him as a you know, the sketch comedy artist from uh, right like Key Key and Peels. So to see him in movies mm-hmm. and stuff, I just be wondering how did they cast him? So <laughs> But yeah, I agree with you. Like he was, he was perfect for the role because it it was a good fit. It was a good fit, and I just, it was just so crazy to me that Gustafsson was so desperate that he listened to a doll 
who had only been alive for 10 minutes. And then I was even more flabbergasted and annoyed with Gustafsson when all that time passed and he was like, oh, I need another toy. And you still ain't came up with your he own still stuff. Ain't came up you with know. Own stuff. Wow, RJ. Yo, you stole blueprints for how many years had he been at the top and built this toy empire? What, 10 years, 30 right. years? How the the, the daughter has have been in her, I, I want to say the daughter was in her 30s. She looked like. She looked yeah. like she had her own. She had Journey, and Journey looked like what ten right. years old. Yes, so, right. Years, decades had passed by. Girl, I was like, I I wanted to fight him. I was <laughs> like, bro, so you need to tell me for these 10, 30 years, you had the blueprint straight up laid out for you that you stole from Geronica's. So you had the blueprint. She already knew what to do, what to put, what, mm -hmm. where. And all this time had passed and nowhere in between all of that time did you actually sit down to think about your own invention. You didn't revisit mm -hmm. your invention that he had told you about all those years ago after you unstole his stuff. So all this time, you you strictly, you've only been living off of his hard work and you ain't did nothing mm -hmm. to put your own... Mm -hmm. No fighting behind your own stuff. And I just was like, wow, you're trash. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't think about all that. And yeah, like he was, the fact that he did, his living was based off of a whole, like a lie, pretty much. He mm -hmm. was, yeah, he was looking for the next, the next, somebody else's come up. Like he was. Yeah, not only just somebody, I was like, wow. sad because he was really preying off of uh Geronicus because he was looking for Geronicus to give him his next idea, mm -hmm. and he was waiting. Oh and, my gosh, and guess, RJ, he was preying on him Ugh. because of Diego. Once a great inventor, always a great inventor. So now he want to go back to where he started mm -hmm. from and go take Jordan's stuff. And I was like, he is so, <laughs> he is so whack and so uninventive. And he's just so thirsty. And that's what landed him in the predicament he in now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just so crazy to me that all that time had passed and at no point did he actually try to work on his own stuff Right. Again? At no point did he ever want to revisit that what he was working on. And it's and like you said, decades, decades have been passed by. And mm -hmm. and it's crazy. Yeah. At no point did you ever think, like, you know what, let me take some time to work on what I started mm -hmm. years ago and see if I can get that figured out or whatever. No, he right. Because he he yeah, was just go sitting ahead. good, RJ. He was sitting like really, really good. That's how he felt. He was sitting so good that he didn't even have to um, rely on his own talents. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That made me feel, that made me feel like deep down inside, he didn't feel like he was really an inventor mm -hmm. anymore. Because when he was younger, he clearly was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an inventor, you know, I'm his mm -hmm. apprentice, look at my new invention, this is what I'm working on. And I felt like he was, the thirst just overwhelmed him. So now you're listening to a doll, 30 years has passed, and you didn't even revisit what you had worked on. So do you even still feel like you're a true wow. inventor at this point? Yeah. Yeah. 
And it was so crazy for me because although um so moving on from Gustafa and then going into Geronicus, Geronicus had always been a great inventor, right? And even though everything essentially had been taken away from him, now he's um acting like he's a pawnbroker, like he only, you know, does those mm-hmm. kind of things and he pretty much denounced being an inventor. He was still trying to invent things. He was still trying to invent. He was still mm-hmm. working on that piece that his daughter had um, started on all those years ago. Although he pretty much denounced being an mm-hmm. inventor. No, I'm a pawnbroker. I don't know what you're talking about. But behind closed doors, he was still trying to invent. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt, well, that's why I felt Geronicus was so relatable as a character is because Life happens mm-hmm. to everybody, and you know it's that that turning point where some people can still rise above what happened to them, or move on, or move past what happened to them. And some people where sometimes life kind of consumes them to a certain point where sometimes they kind of lose their way, or they're, they're kind of a shell of what they of who they once mm-hmm. were. And I thought Geronicus was really relatable because of yeah. that. You know, sometimes people get in a funk and. So he was really in the funk when he met Journey because he was talking to her crazy. He was like, nah, you ain't my granddaughter. Her name is, it started with a J. It's something, something, something. She was like, oh, we Journey. He was like, nah, they don't sound right. I was just like, I was like, Forrest Whitaker was like so cold with it. He was not really dealing with her at all, nah, for real. Like she was, she was just there. When, and what, wait, what was the part that took me out? When he was like, oh, Journey had started reading the letter, right? And he was like, oh, can you say that a little louder or softer? What did he say? He said something funny. But she was like, I don't have nowhere to go. And he was like, well, I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Yeah, he was just, you know, and that's like, that was so the relatable part, the emotions that he was going through, the the sadness. Because mm-hmm. I will say I did cry for him because... The mm-hmm. fact that he was so broken to where he just lost, like he literally lost everything, you know, when he lost his invention book, he and then he lost the the mama. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I, RJ, when the mother passed away, girl, I thought yeah. about over the moon. Girl. and I'm like, Avery, what kind of? Are we watching another one of these, mm-hmm. Avery? Are we watching another where the the mother passes away and the daughter and the daddy got to figure it out now? But I was feeling for Geronicus. Yeah. And then he lost his daughter because he was just so heartbroken. And I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah. oh my goodness. And like like you said, now he becomes a pawnbroker. You know, he loses himself ultimately um, to what had happened to him those years ago, whatever. And yeah, I, I it, like it was kind of odd that she sent her daughter to him when they didn't even keep in touch. And so you just seen mm-hmm. it out there. But okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> go with the storyline here. But oh, but me. yeah, like when he was going through all that 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 um yeah that breakage or whatever, I could definitely I I, mm-hmm. I cried for him because it was just that was deep. That was just so deep. Definitely Miss Johnson and Journey yeah. were two important uh characters for Geronicus, I would say, for him to bounce back. Yeah. yeah, I would say those three 
definitely made a difference. And I guess the daughter, you know, his his daughter was just, you know, the icing on top, mm-hmm. the cherry on top, you know, just cemented everything that was happening, you know, to him in his heart and stuff. Yes, yes. When she came back after the fact. And, you know, it was so crazy because I was semi thinking the same thing. Like, you don't talk to him, <laughs> but you don't see your daughter across the way. And I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of go with it. But then, you know, Journey was the one who wrote those letters to each other. Oh, okay. Okay, I missed that part then. I missed that. Yeah, Journey set that up. Journey, Journey was like, yeah, I'm trying to go see Granddad because he's an inventor because she thinks, you know, the same way. She's an right, inventor right. herself. So she do both of them to make sure she went to go see Granddad. Because okay, I missed that part then. Now I see that fills in the gap for me then. I enjoyed how Miss um, Johnson, Journey, and The Apprentice, I like how they... Bought, um, brought in Buddy 3000, which is the invention yeah. that he was working on that he started. All those years yeah, ago, you know, I did too, RJ. I thought that was so cute, it was just so heartwarming how Buddy worked. Like, how Buddy worked was mm-hmm. just that was yes. so cute. It was cute, pretty much. He works if you believe he'll work. Like, it was nothing wrong with the components that he had put together. When she was upstairs in the old um, invention, you know, attic or in um, invention space, and she put it in there, and her and the apprentice was like, you know, talking, and he was like, well, is it going to work? And she was like, I believe it will. It's my reason for it not to. And, you know, Buddy started coming on and lighting up. It's so cute how he would echo what they said, and then Mm -hmm. he would respond. I was like, that is so cute. And it to me, that was like really deep because I feel like a lot of times people say things, but they may not realize what they say. And so I like how whatever they said, he mm. echoed it back to them. So it's like, you're aware of what you mm-hmm. said. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to hear what you just said to me. And then he would talk yourself. And I thought that was That's so deep, cute. RJ. That's deep. But yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. I just really like the fact that, yeah, like, he worked he only worked if you believed and you know mm-hmm. that's that's symbolic to like just people's work you know it only works if you believe like if you really mm-hmm. believe and then you'll see it come to life so like, right that was really cool that was really like how it man just how they did the movie and how long it was it was a nice length movie too because yeah. it really was so, it, it really was. was. And I felt I felt fulfilled yes, after RJ. the movie. Like I didn't feel like they put it short. I didn't feel like they extended it too long. I feel like it was just enough for them yeah. to fully round it out. You know, nothing was left open. And I didn't feel like it was a lack at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. I felt really fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was like like that movie definitely it, it was um theater worthy, theater worthy. Um, mm-hmm. because I agree. that was a it was, overall it was like a really good movie like just everything all the scenes the 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 stories the transitions the uh, yeah. uh, oh we haven't even gotten to the music RJ we definitely gonna have to the the music the score okay let's get into this production <laughs> baby girl. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the 
this. Let's talk about the, you know, the choreography they were doing, the hairstyles, baby. Okay. Um, yes, we can get into it. Can I just start off with um yeah, again, I was not thrilled of the the music. Uh, the first song I looked yeah. at Avery was like, okay, but they're gonna be singing a lot. Is this what <laughs> so the first song I'm like, but it was good, you know what I'm saying? It was a good song, a good piece. So and then right. like I would say about 10 minutes later or maybe between five ten minutes later another song and it's like dang another one but it was good and then another 10 minutes later yeah. another song like I think it was like a song every 10 minutes or something RJ like there were a lot of songs in this movie <laughs> but they were all good and they really were they were like it was just even when I wanted to be like oh god I, it was I couldn't right. fully get into that mo that mood because it was like, oh, this is okay. This is good. Oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I especially like uh, you remember the snowball fight and um, yes, the African themed music, girl. Yes, and he and Jeronicus needed that snowball fight. That was really integral to like him starting mm. to warm up to. Jeronica. Yeah, yeah, and he she. You could definitely see the life coming back into him because he was able to, like, he was, yeah, let, let go, go and see his his math. You know what I'm saying? His thinking. Mm-hmm. So that definitely was the just like a, a nice little fire lit that he needed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that musical piece right there, I really liked that. And the choreography to that, it was like, oh my gosh, this is. It's exciting. Now, I was mm-hmm, I was just about to say that. Now, like you said, with the music, I'm kind of like, dang, they're doing another one. But the choreography, they was breaking it down. Like, yo, I was watching them. Like, I'm sweating out my whole petticoat. Like, I know y'all no. sweating in them big old skirts. Girl. <laughs> Hitting out them bad moves. But they were breaking it down. Like, the choreography was so spot on. It was so good. Like, I wanted to get up and do a little... Do a little African shimmy, like, hey, hey, hey what we, what we, you, you I, silly. I, <laughs> yeah, they, I really like that, and the, um, the, yeah, the voices were so nice, even Forrest Whitaker, like, he sang well, like, mm-hmm. he carried a note, and he sounded good, he, like, basically, yeah, he wasn't somebody who couldn't keep up with the rest of the cast, you know, in their voices, mm-hmm. so, and I was like, oh, Forrest Whitaker can sing, okay, Okay. Girl, I am so glad you brought that up because I was looking at this stuff like, hold on, are these people singing for real or they doing like some voiceover? Because if they singing for real, I was like, I am so glad they can hold a note. I mean, obviously, because I don't think they've been able to, well, I don't don't think they would have been able to get the role, but it was, it's always good to see people do, you know, their own stunts and to do their own singing because it brings in, for me, another depth to them other than just, mm. oh, they're an actor. Oh, they have other, you know, talents. And it just kind of adds to the spice of the movie that Forrest Whitaker was doing his own singing. Because I was like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to hold all the notes if you throw them at me on the movie. I might have to get somebody in the studio to lay over the trash because... <laughs> I don't know if I can hold a note, but it was so refreshing I, for all of them to sing. And I was like, why is it your voice? I think it was all of their own voices, but I'm not 100% sure, though. But I assume that everybody was... Yeah, I assume like that it was. it was all I of them. Because it was. I know the um, the daughter, the older daughter, 
um, I know that that was her plan mm-hmm. because yeah, she she sings. She was a, she was um Princess Diana mm-hmm. from Princess and the Frog. So, oh yeah. my god, that is and awesome. I just assumed that okay, yeah, everybody is doing their own uh, mute. So mm-hmm. that's what I assumed, RJ, but I'm not 100 percent sure though. But I love that. I don't know. That's something I can look into. But I'm gonna just go with everybody <laughs> was singing their own part. But they did good. Like they really did. Even the fashion. Like the fashion was it was interesting that um okay, you could definitely see the time of it. But I would say journey yes. clothes were so funky. They were so um yeah it was just different like all everybody had different pieces and I guess it was more of like like the patterns in the cloth the fabric that they use they did mm-hmm. some crochet in and I thought I, I think it's always cool mm-hmm. to see people do stuff in crochet because you know that's not something that a lot of people um gravitate to a lot but and I like right. like the colors you know it it, it really looked like like some mm-hmm. winter wonderland type type thing just how to put it all together. It definitely yeah. looks yeah, like Winter Wonderland. And I love that hairstyle. As soon as I saw Journey, well, first off, let me okay. go to the very beginning. When Felicia Richard popped up telling a story to the kids, I was like, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, pause. Did she grow some locks? I know I know Felicia Richard ain't got no locks. I know she ain't grew no locks, y'all. But mm. as being the person with mm-hmm. locks in my hair, when I tell you, anytime they did a close up, I was all on her hairline. Like, let me see what's up. And they look so realistic. Her mm-hmm. hair looks amazing. Everyone's yeah. hair was so good. I love Journey's hair. I love mohawks. I'm a sucker for mohawks. I don't care. If you can line my hair up down the middle of my head, somehow, some way, yeah. I'm down. And I love Journey's hair. It was so cute. And I just love how the natural, how the state, the natural state of black hair was yeah. able to shine, you know, Maybe. and how they put the pieces incorporated the pieces into the side of the hair. And it was just really beautiful. It was, it was really refreshing yeah, and good. It to was, see. it was like, they definitely showed a di- diverse, uh, diverse looks with it, when it came to the hair. And it's just like, Cause that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You can do it so many different ways. It ain't just one way to do a black person's hair. That was a really good production, RJ. It was. And I'm really happy that I did watch it. Although I was a little apprehensive because mm-hmm. of the music. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I watched it. And I can, I can honestly see myself like that, that being a, tr- a tradition around Christmas is, hey, let's watch Jingle Jangle once a year type thing. Because that mm-hmm. was just that good. I would say, even though no one's really doing like VHS or DVDs or whatever anymore, because everything is like <laughs> gravitating, being towards all digital. But I would say, if like had year 2020 been a quote unquote regular year, you know, where it wasn't like a pandemic and everyone's um, mm-hmm. social distancing, right? If this movie had came out in its theaters, I feel like it would have did extremely well and it would have definitely need to be added to the collection. Like, you needed to get that on DVD yeah. and have a hard copy yeah. of this yeah. movie. Yeah, that that would have been a... I mean, that would have been a big one for the movies. It really would have. 
But I am glad that Netflix, hey, thank you, Netflix, because y'all be bringing some, they be bringing something. They be bringing some big productions. They do. And, yo, I'll they take do. it. I will take it. Like, yeah, I'm really glad I gave this movie a chance because it was extremely relatable, you know, the characters and how some, how sometimes family grows apart and how some pe- sometimes people lose themselves, but, you know, they can always come back to what they were. They can always get themselves yeah. back together, yeah. you know, through friends, family, and yeah, it was I a little heartfelt. I love too, RJ, like how the, the, the dad and the uh, daughter they came back together and I really liked the song that they were singing because even though the daughter was unsure, you know, cause yeah, when you do go through like some type of break like that, you know, a heartbreak like that, you, you want to mm-hmm. reconnect in men, but you, you just so heartbroken. You just don't see a way, you know what I'm saying? You don't see how can we reconcile mm-hmm. after that? You know, you, you know, her heart was torn out and she raised a whole daughter yeah. like raised her daughter without him around because she felt she felt forgotten that yeah. entire time you know and I, I like I said I really like yeah. that song because that was just really coming from the heart and just to see how it played out like even though she was unsure of how it was gonna go she still went with it you know and like the fact that she got there and of course, they reconciled, and she was just like, "Well, we could stay for Christmas." And I was like, "Oh, yay!" Yes, because you even think about me, and then you know, he went over to I guess the cupboard or whatever, yes. and all those letters he started to write, but he just couldn't figure out how to say I'm sorry. And I was just like, "Oh my <laughs> god!" All the feels like, that was like that scene. I think I cried in that scene too, RJ. But I know I, I cried a few, like, yeah, on the mm-hmm. heartwarming scenes, I did cry because they were really just so touching. And, you know, one thing that's important to have is just hope, you know, hope that things will turn mm-hmm. turn over or whatever. And that scene was just, it, it mm-hmm. just transferred a lot of hope. Like, you know, no matter how mucky or ugly the situation may look, you know, if you just have a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm it could turn around so that scene yes. was just it was just beautiful it was such a beautiful scene you know what i think um soon as they introduced buddy 3000 i was like you know what that's going to be the key mm. to get the family back together and i saw that instantly because that was a drawing that journey's mother had okay, did okay. when she was a little girl and yeah, that was a drawing. That was her invention. So that was the mother's um, or Journey's mother's invention when she was a little girl. And that was the invention that Geronicus was trying to work on at that present time. But the only reason it was able to work was yeah. because Journey was actually there. So for me, that came, that was like a way of them pulling yeah. it full circle, you yeah. know? Um, her granddad, her mom, that one invention to kind of bring the family back together, you know, like you said, hope and just believing, you know, that things will get better, that things will be okay. And I was like, wow, I really love how they pull all that together and how they use Buddy um, 3000 to be that, um, not the metaphor, but I mean, he was literally the piece that pulled yeah. all of them together, you know? And Miss Johnston was a very, again, integral part of that because 
the whole time he's like, oh, I'm only a pawnbroker. She's like, no, I know that you're an amazing, um, I know that you're an amazing man. I know that you're still a brilliant inventor. You know, she was always yeah. giving him that boost of energy in, his, in himself that he had long ago, long ago since forgotten. And the fact that it was Miss Johnson with her wheels, like, sure, come on, mm-hmm. hop in. We finna go get Journey. Like, she was the one to go and retrieve Buddy 3000 and to get Journey and the Young Apprentice from Gustafsson, who had stolen the invention. So I just, the writing on mm-hmm. this movie was so well done. The characters were so relatable. And it was such a beautiful movie. It was a great production. I it was yeah. it was a ten out of ten. Like for yeah, me. I think it was we gonna amazing. watch it again at some point, you know, before because I'm assuming that Jingle Jangle is one of those limited uh, movies. Uh, I don't know if it is. I'm gonna have to go back and see if it's like a limited movie, but we'll definitely get it in mm-hmm. before Christmas or maybe Christmas Day. We'll just have it playing in the background or something like that. Let me ask you: Do you feel like um? Do you feel like this movie should become an integral part of like the Black Christmas or the Black Holidays? Like, should this be like a staple movie? Uh, would you in say the Black communities? Should this movie be a staple? Um, why not? Like, why not? I like I ain't never I ain't really thought about it, but I don't see why not because we don't have mm-hmm. when I think of um. Christmas movies like that to to that caliber of production. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, RJ, what's another one? Because like you know what, that movie kind of reminded me of the Wiz, as far as you know how every like Mm -hmm. the choreography, the music, um, the the costumes. The Wiz was a good a big production, so that movie reminded me of the Wiz as I was watching Mm it. Um, so yeah, because you know when we think of big black movies. Uh, the Wiz comes to mind as one of those big movies, and yeah, yeah, I would say this one too. This one definitely belongs in the vault. Absolutely, because the representation was on point. It representation is so so important, and that's why I wanted to ask you um, about you being a mother. How did you feel about the movie? Because you know, you got this young black girl who who isn't the typical, you know little girl not really playing with dolls and things she's more into mathematics mm-hmm. and wanted to create and you know her wearing her hair the way her hair naturally grows out of her head I thought all of those things are really yeah. important yeah. you know and it's important for young black girls to see yeah. those things at a young yeah. age it really is and I'm glad that um that we are starting to see yeah, we starting to see stuff like this coming to create like fruition. So, because I'm I'm definitely not mad at this mm-hmm. one, and it's not something that was just put together. It wasn't tacky. It was tasteful. Like it was just well thought out. It was well thought out. I felt I really I felt fulfilled. You know, I felt full after I finished watching it. You know, I oh, what is what I was is the okay. word? I can't like, even. I can't ended, get the I word okay out with the ending. Like. I felt like, you know what? Mm. That was good. You done good, pig. You done good. Yes. <laughs> you done, done, done Like I I really felt like, you know, it, it yeah. when it ended, I wasn't mad. I wasn't sad. I was I, like you said, it was 
mm-hmm. hey, we everything played out, you know, the way it, it needed to, and it wasn't rushed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like something didn't connect. Everything yes. it, it was long enough to where I didn't I wasn't getting antsy or wasn't getting bored. Like yes. they did so good with this movie. That's just what it was. They did really good with it. They did really good with this movie. Yeah. I'm glad that it was made. I'm glad that it was made and we have a chance to even talk about this movie. Because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of movies that don't even get the light of day who don't, you know, get a chance to get funding or whatever the case may be. So they don't get a chance to necessarily ever put it together past just being written out. Um, But I'm glad this movie was made and I'm glad that it, it has time to shine. And I think that at least in my opinion, that this is a movie that I would want to watch over and over, you know, mm-hmm. from this moment forward. You know, I think it should mm-hmm. definitely be, as you say, in the vaults, in the Black household. Um, and it would actually be great if they could put it on a uh, DVD. Cool. I don't know how the world is going with technology <laughs> nowadays, because a lot of things are going digital, but I would love to have this movie hey, You know what, RJ? Another um, thing with the representation... Um, I thought it was really interesting how, mm. like, with the choice uh, in clothing, you know, the time period, how the clothes were uh, we Victorian, know, style, Victorian style. Um, see black yeah. people in those type of garments, and and how some of them, like the little boy mm. and Miss Johnson, they spoke with the English accent. You know, it was just so I, I loved it, yes. like, because we don't see that a lot um, when it comes to these type of movies. But like, you know. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you expect to see it done one way, but they definitely took a couple, couple of uh, twists and just made it very interesting. Very interesting. They did. They did. And that little boy was funny okay. with his clumsy mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm okay. You like, and I, wonder, I was wondering if that little boy, I was like, does he really have an English accent or is this little boy just, is he like that good at acting where he can do an English accent like that. I know, because those English actors, man, they be yeah. flipping on and off like a switch. You heard me? I be like, hold on, this right. actor's British? That actor British? And I, there's so many actors that's British, and I had no idea they were British, and they're playing like, you know, uh, American English-speaking roles. And I'm just like, wow, that's amazing to be able to yeah. cut off your accent like that. RJ? Yeah, 10 for 10. That's about it. 10 for 10. Well, thank you, Carly, so much for being on the show with me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Well, RJ, this was fun. This is a lot of fun. Looking forward to many more. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. I appreciate you all so very much. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Until next time.